What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. I recently visited Disneyland, and naturally I was expecting, you know, magic and overpriced merchandise and tasty food and whatnot. You know, it's Disney after all. What I wasn't expecting, though, was for it to feel like Christmas Day. Now, listen, I love the pageantry of Christmas, and I'm certainly not one of those people who are like, can you believe they're putting out Christmas stuff in November? Like, we all know that person, unless that's you, in which case I'm totally talking about the other people who are like that. Anyway, but it got me thinking, with all the Christmas specials and movies coming out this year, when is it too much? Because back in the day, it felt like that there were one or two holiday films released, certainly maybe another, you know, a couple TV episodes that were themed to the holidays, but nowhere near how many are released these days. It just feels like that there's a new movie every single day starting at the beginning of November. Just this year, we've got Lindsay Lohan's Netflix film Falling for Christmas. HBO is going all in with A Christmas Story, Christmas, Santa Camp, and Holiday Harmony. And Disney even has, of course, The Santa Clauses. Now, I fully get that between film and streaming and network TV, there are so many more platforms for content to be shared. But looking back on holiday classics like It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on 34th Street or The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, one of my personal favorites, would they have had the opportunity to become the classics that they are if they had to compete with countless other holiday-themed films and shows being released at the exact same time? I'm not so sure. Regardless, I must confess, personally, I'm here for it. I know, I might be Jewish, but I love the lights and the food and the nostalgia. The holidays are a time when it seems like everybody embraces, you know, my 365 days a year love of nostalgia. You want to feel cozy and warm and watch things that you remember from back in the day and the things that, you know, bring you fond memories. And of course, you want to see the people that you love and tell them how much you love them. For me, When I need to get into the holiday spirit, I start with one of my favorite Thanksgiving movies of all time, Home for the Holidays. It's directed by Jodie Foster, and it's starring Holly Hunter and Robert Downey Jr. It's a small film about a dysfunctional family coming together over Christmas, and it's so much fun. There's a scene with Anne Bancroft looking at herself in the mirror, and she says this iconic monologue, and it's just... Oh, it's perfect. Other movies I watch to get into the spirit are Sandra Bullock's While You Were Sleeping, because even though it's not really a Christmas movie, it it's just it's themed around Christmas and it's just fun. Queen Latifah in Last Holiday. Love Actually is kind of everything during the holiday season. And The Nightmare Before Christmas holds a special place in my oddly dark heart. Yeah. I also am a person who believes that Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie. I a lot of people will fight me on that, but I do think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. And the other things that I love about the holidays are the episodes of classic TV shows that I love that are themed around either Thanksgiving or Christmas. For example, Friends, The Office, Roseanne, 
Golden Girls. I mean, these shows knew how to like put on a great Thanksgiving slash Christmas episode. The Friends Thanksgiving episodes are iconic. Another favorite of mine is Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, of course. I mean, how could that not be a favorite? It's a holiday staple. And as a kid, I was a big fan of Home Improvement. You see, I didn't really have a great relationship with my father, and he wasn't really in the picture. So Tim Allen kind of became that pseudo replacement for my dad. And then when the Santa Claus came out, he literally kind of became Santa in a way. It's very strange, but it works. And the franchise over the years has expanded. And over the past time, you know, it's become a classic, a holiday classic. So you can imagine how excited I was when I was able to briefly speak with Tim Allen about the Santa Clauses, a limited series now airing on Disney+. Plus. I watched it. It's so much fun. It's cute. It gives you that if you were a kid when the Santa Claus came out, you'll like this because it, it harkens back to that time. But even if you're just like a new fan of the franchise, it's a fun thing to watch. I really am enjoying it. I've only seen the first few episodes, but I'm definitely enjoying it. So today's episode is on the shorter side because it's the holidays and well, you've got things to do. So go on, grab a snack because I'll be right back with Tim Allen. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Did you ever think that you'd be doing this part 30 years no. later? Like, for 30 years. It's it's no. nearly 30 years. No. I never thought I'd redo it after this, the first one. We had questions in the second one. The third one was really more about how much, how many special effects could we put in it? Mm. And it really, to me, as a sci-fi fan, it's that third installment is, it gets questionable unless you're really smart at it, you know? Yeah. Alien, Predator, all the, all my favorite ones that went on. The second one, I think the second Terminator was probably the, one of the best action movies ever made. I agree. The second Alien, absolutely outstanding second santa claus i think we improved on it the third one we stretched way it got so big that you kind of forgot story they came to me with this idea and i understand you do you know it's streaming now they need content Mm -hmm. i said we just can't invent content well it's a santa claus it's that's not enough a lot of fighting and a lot of pressure on jack burdick who wrote this first draft and we got to a first chapter of a book that's what i told him look at it for me yeah. it's a long movie and he killed it when a couple big notes changed the the trajectory so it got much more compact and a much simpler emotional arc and i said uh, yeah you give me that chapter one chapter four and chapter six so i can see where it goes what's the arc and what happens at the end yeah and as long as it stays magic you honor the word christmas you make it safe as much as I am not safe in Vegas yeah. for children. You yeah. do not want children around my act. Yeah. I know what is unsafe for kids to watch is me. <laughs> so I know what they should be seeing. I want it funny. I want it heartfelt. I want people to respect one another. Yeah. 
and I want families to love each other, and I it, and then I want smart asses everywhere. <laughs> well, what about this new iteration is different from the other films? Do you think we answer like um, my my concert questions like. In the Alien movie, the one where they, I don't know, they showed up and Mel Gibson was in it. I can't remember the, the, the name of the movie. But why are aliens always nude? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. They show, they show up in the flying saucer, they got no spaces. They're just buck naked. Yeah. I, what, what is that about? What happened to Santa on the roof of the original show? We start off going, did he die? Yeah. He just disappeared? Did the other elves not miss him? What happened to Mrs. Claus? These start... Gaining on me, and that's why we did it. We answered mm. these questions and more. We opened up the door to the zeitgeist of the Christmas spirit. The big question, have there been other human Santas? Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Is this a trick? And that We answer these questions, and that, that was for me. Yeah. You answer those questions for me, then I'll lay on comedy, and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Mm. I want it to make sense for the adults like me, the sci-fi freakos that go on <laughs> blogs and say, wait a minute, how does, how does Spider-Man ever take a crap? Yeah, yeah. Or why is there a zipper in the hand? back of that thing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I, I think for me, my first question is just looking at the IMDb and seeing the project, like... Well, well, where is Charlie? Like, will he be explained? Is Charlie not exactly? Where is Charlie? Because I loved Charlie. <laughs> yeah, me too. And yeah. we uh, we got him in there. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I, I was... don't want to get into it because they said then it got we got. I can't give you what we didn't get because yeah. all of a sudden I miss the legendary figures. Yeah, and two of them passed away, and these were great friends of mine. And yeah. I, uh, we have to move on. Mm. Mother Nature had some great gags in the first time, and we couldn't get to it. Cupid was this whole story about Cupid. Yeah. And the Easter Bunny, it it got so freaking big. And then we had the daughter Sandra story, and that mm-hmm. got big. And all of a sudden, we're into 30 episodes. And so we had to pare it down. Yeah. Yeah. Are we you? Did get to, we did get to get to D. Bernard. We found that with Spencer Breslin. We didn't get time for. We didn't get time for this great gag with oh. Cupid and the Easter Bunny. We did what we could, yeah. Because I have to service my family right now. We're, what we're doing in this very simple thing, we're so used to getting. Mm-hmm. My generation, I think, is a big getters. We took a lot, yeah. And we forgot about the other side of getting is giving, yeah. And I mean, I think that's such a good point because with this, with home improvement, with Toy Story, there's so much of you that is a part of at least was my generation, my childhood, completely, and. The fact that you recognize that, like, yeah, you you did a lot for our generation, and to give that sort of nostalgic itch that we need sort of of the Santa Claus is kind of, I feel like, what this is all about in a lot of ways. That's what it is. It's 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 payback and also lays it down. I, we had a great responsibility here. There There is a story of St. Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And when we all looked at it, we went, Really? There's a whole lineage, and there's a wonderful scene in here where I meet up, and I get um, kind of chastised by all the other Santas that have come and gone, yeah, and where they show up, and who they are, and what kind of mythical figures they are, and some really weird, wonderful Santas you never knew about, yeah. And then who, what's what's special about Scott Calvin? That's that, exciting. We, we get we get to bring in Bernard. David Crumholtz, who will tell us a lot more about who Scott, who Scott Calvin is. There's no secret that his initials are SC. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. That's really yeah, exciting, yeah. actually. Are you outside of this, like outside of 
getting into the Santa costume and all that. Are you a holiday person? Yes. Yeah. More Thanksgiving. Yeah. I love Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving because it smells and looks like Christmas. Yeah. But there's not all that. It's about being together. And I got a huge family. Yeah. There's nine kids. And then my father's, my original father passed away. My stepfather passed away. So it's, it's reduced, but there's grandkids and all sorts of. Mm-hmm. I love Thanksgiving. Christmas is a little. It's almost what the story's about. It's a little too much about getting, getting, mm. getting, buying, getting. You forget just reaching out. I've, my family's been blessed with be able to do a, a feed. I don't want to say feed the poor. It's just a soup kitchen goes out and like yeah. we've been, we, we've been serving for this. The Laugh Factory in Los Angeles, my family. I volunteered and one it, year, years ago at the yeah, Laugh Factory. We for volunteer the every thing. year. Yeah. We've been doing this for years and my yeah. family gets more joy out of that. Don't even realize that when we get home, look at the mood everybody's in. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're geniuses. All you did is spoon out mashed potatoes. Yeah. God knows what the squash is about. I don't know what that's. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea why anybody would eat that. Yeah. But the get, the giving is, is a, an important part of this holiday. I and mean, then sometimes Christmas gets a little too much to me. It's almost like Halloween in Los Angeles. If you haven't been to Halloween in Los Angeles, yeah. you haven't witnessed Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think New York can kind of compete with Los oh, Angeles. God. For I, I can't. It just passed Halloween. It was bumper to bumper traffic in a subdivision. Yeah, yeah. And honking and people. And then, you know, is that guy a terrorist or is he <laughs> dressed like a terrorist? I can't. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is he out of a backpack and a, a baseball bat? And we're back to, you know, yeah. oh, I'm just acting like a criminal. <laughs> well, I only have two more questions for you. And kind of going back to that, that giving back and that nostalgic factor. I mean, like I said, so much of your work is sort of based in nostalgia for at least my generation. And do you, like, what is it like to be that sort of figure for a generation of of people that are now adults, that we're full-on adults? What you just said is humbling. I said I, I'm i not the type of person that gives a crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really a, kind of an anarchist. Yeah. I just don't care about it. And then to see the impression, especially home improvement. There's, mm-hmm. You have families who are raised. My dad used to. I hear yeah. this all. My dad used to be the only thing he'd watch with all of them and the children. Yeah. And that's I love my dad because of that and because he brought us in. And that's because of you. And I go, it's writers and it's so many people. It wasn't me. I'm the face mm-hmm. of it like the race car drivers at the wheel. I get that. Yeah. What it is, it's overwhelming for it's what this does, but this is every year I'm reminded that that I've been part of Santa Claus, and mm. that and I will give it that. Yeah, that's the director John Pasquin and Stephen Leo who wrote the original. This is a great story, but it's about a guy's journey and about making sacrifices. There's a lot in Santa Claus One that is really good. Yeah. Not you know the, the special effects aside, we had about <laughs> eight bucks to make the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. using candles for God's sake. <laughs> It's not about that. It's a every year I'm humbled and really humbled that that I'm I'm part of this. Once again, here's Christmas time. Yeah. You know, it, well, it's important. My last question for you is: In fifth grade, I read. I was in fifth grade and I read your book because I was obsessed with home improvement. The Don't Stand Close to a Naked Man, and I got in trouble for reading it as a fifth grader. <laughs> my my teacher told me it was inappropriate, but I was obsessed with comedy and I was obsessed right. with comedians and I watched your specials and it. And it made me think, even thinking back to that now, talking to you today, like it made me think, how do you balance 
this figure of being sort of, you know, the home improvement, that Santa Claus, the, the wholesome family, and like you said earlier, your Vegas show. And how do you find that balance between saying what you want in comedy but also representing these wholesome things for so many people? I've been taught, and it's funny because it just came up the other day, is that uh, Elon Musk is going to remove a version of censorship off Twitter and then the more he thinks about it, he goes, well, that doesn't mean you just open it up. Yeah. And I said, we have censorship every day I worked on network television. Mm-hmm. You can't say a whole bunch of things I can't say here. Yeah. We couldn't use the name Jesus Christ in, on Home Improvement. We had to mm-hmm. say the same. We, you can't say the Wailing Wall. We couldn't. We did a joke about all the famous walls in the world. Yeah. The Wall of China, the Wailing Wall. They said, no, no, you can't say Wailing Wall. Really? We deal with. What can and cannot be said all the time on network TV. And it taught me, and it, that was when censorship was not, not honest. It just but there's a certain, there's guardrails. Yeah. You don't want kids to look at it beheadings. Yeah. There's a, just, and I don't know who decides that. And for me, I'll tell you, I'm on both sides of it. In Vegas, what I talk about isn't really is is my kid'll tell you. It's my language. Yeah. I don't I don't I, I talk about eating food as a kid. I don't really yeah. talk about it's just how I say things yeah. and the veracity of my language. <laughs> An opinion, yeah. Censorship is required. That's yeah. why I just love and hate Pixar movies, Disney movies. Mm-hmm. You have to entertain people within these guidelines yeah. or guardrails. And I think it's it's it makes you smarter. It makes you you have to use your words, as my mother used to say. Instead of throwing stuff at the window, Tim, use your words, not those. Use (laughs) use the try to use your words, but think about stuff. There are better words than the f bomb. I can't think of them (laughs) on stage. There are other ways to say that. And I said one of my bosses a long time ago, still at Disney, is uh, Dana Walden. Mm -hmm. She's a great boss, and she's able to say what I would have sworn at. She's very, I said, she's just an Ellis. She's able to say the same thing, but just uses her words. So it is possible to be very intelligent, and yet still be very firm with your words. So that's where I've learned to hate censorship, always hated it on Home Improvement, Mm because we get up to the bat... And it worked out. Yeah. Because then you don't have to explain to a kid what that meant. Yeah. To exactly. prove that you're censorless. And I said, so sometimes it, it's hard for me to even admit that. But I said, I've, I've learned that there's limits on both sides mm. that are self-imposed. It's what's called morality, I think. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. You bet. Yeah. Have a great one. You too. What's your favorite holiday movie? Let me know, and let me know what you thought of today's episode. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review, and maybe consider sharing it on social media. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, be sure to subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. I send it out every Tuesday and Thursday, and it's fun. It gives you everything you need to know that's happening in the world of pop culture. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day.